You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. If the idea were being discussed in National Review or some other conservative publication, I don't think it would create the buzz that the Brett Stevens piece in the New York Times is causing. Yeah, he's a conservative, but he's writing in the pages of the New York Times and he's questioning whether Joe Biden should right now say, or sooner than later, if I take him literally, uh, I'm not running again in 2024. Let's stop the fiction. Is it a good idea for Joe Biden to run for re-election in 2024? And if he runs again and wins, would it be good for the United States to have a president who is 86, the age Biden would be at the end of a second term? That's the way the piece begins. It's posted on my website, easily accessible in today's daily newsletter. Brett Stevens says, I put these questions bluntly because they need to be discussed candidly, not just whispered constantly. And then he goes on to make a point that comports with my recollection, which is to say, discussion about, this is me speaking, not Brett Stevens, but discussion about Joe Biden's abilities and age are whispered about, but they're not dealt with in the mainstream media. Unlike what went on in the 80s, Regarding Ronald Reagan, Brett Stevens says in the 80s, it was fair game for reputable reporters to ask whether Ronald Reagan was too old for the presidency. I mean, can I stop that sentence there and say, anybody remember the line in the debate? I'm, I'm not going to exploit my opponent's youth and inexperience for political purposes. My recollection is that that was the 84 debate with Mondale and that even Mondale laughed. You know, the 80 cycle was him versus Carter, famous for, well, well, there you go again. But by 84, it was being discussed so much so that Reagan made a joke out of it. And it was such a a disarming moment. That's my recollection. I'm spitballing here. I'm not going to exploit my opponent's youth and inexperience. And to his credit, Mondale broke up. Okay, back to Brett Stevens. In the 1980s, it was fair game for reputable reporters to ask whether Ronald Reagan was too old for the presidency at a time when he was several years younger than Biden is today. Several years younger than Biden is today. Donald Trump's apparent difficulty holding a glass 
and his constricted vocabulary repeatedly prompted unflattering speculation about his health, mental and otherwise. That's true. Remember the odd way in which he raised the glass and we all obsessed about it? Or I have recollection when he needed assistance or it seemed coming down from the stage after speaking at a graduation that I want to say was West Point. Later, Trump attributed it to combination of his shoes and a slippery surface. I don't know. It just looked odd. And yeah, we talked about it. Brett Stevens says, in Joe Biden's memory lapses were a source of mirth among his Democratic primary rivals, at least until he won the nomination. Yet it's now considered horrible manners to raise concerns about Biden's age and health. As if doing so can only play into Trump's hands, as if the president's well-being is nobody's business but his own. As if it doesn't matter whether he has the fortitude for the world's most important job, so long as his aides can adroitly fill the gaps. As if accusations of ageism and a giant shushing sound from media elites can keep the issue off the public mind. I mean, he's absolutely right. It doesn't get discussed in, in, you know, mainstream outlets. But have you had the conversation? This is me, Michael, speaking, not Brett Stevens. But have you talked about this in your circle, friends, family? Have you ever had a conversation about Biden's age? I'd be shocked if you hadn't. It won't do, says Brett Stevens. From some of his public appearances, Biden seems uneven often cogent, but sometimes alarmingly incoherent. What's the reason? I have no idea. Do his appearances, including the good ones, inspire strong confidence that the president can go the distance in his current term to say nothing of the next? No. And many people seem to know it. On Sunday, my colleagues Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns reported on the Democratic Party's not-so-quiet murmurs about what to do if Biden decides not to run. Yeah, it's true. We talked about it. I have that piece in my hands. Remember, the, uh, I, I came on and talked Monday about the whole list of individuals that they discussed, and I, I asked who would be the most formidable among them. If it's not Biden and if it's not Harris, like, who's the shortlist? We, we had that conversation. Brett Stevens says that the current situation, the status quo, is not healthy, not for the president himself, not for the office he holds, not for the Democratic Party, not for the country. In 2019, Biden campaign, cognizant of the candidate's age, his campaign sold him to primary voters as a transition figure. The guy whose main purpose was to dethrone Trump and then smooth the way for a fresher Democratic face. Biden never made the promise explicit, but the the expectation now feels betrayed. Stevens goes on to make the case that if the administration were off to a great start, then maybe this wouldn't be a conversation that needed to happen now. But he says it's not. You can blame Joe Manchin for that. You can blame Mitch McConnell for that. You can blame the anti-vaxxers for that. But the president's poll numbers have been deeply underwater since August. That's true. The man who once gave his party hope now weighs on his party's fortunes like a pair of cement shoes, Stevens writes. 
Things might also be different if it looked like the administration would soon turn a corner. And that's the administration's hope for the mammoth Build Back Better legislation. But last month's passage of the infrastructure bill didn't really move the political needle for Biden. And that bill was genuinely popular. Now BBB looms as another costly progressive distraction in a time of surging prices, spiking homicides, resurgent disease, urban decay, a border crisis, a supply chain crisis, and the threat of Iran crossing the nuclear threshold while Russia is crossing the Ukrainian border. Okay, maybe a little dramatic, but there's truth in each one of those statements. And what about Kamala Harris? Her supporters might decry the fact, but to an even growing number, an ever-growing number of Americans, the air apparent seems lighter than air. Her poll numbers at this point in her term are the worst of those of any vice president in recent history, including Mike Pence. If she winds up her party's default nominee, if Biden pulls out late, Democrats will have every reason to panic. See, there's really something embedded there that's key, which is, Why does this uh, this is me speaking because I'm reading a great deal to you. I always want to distinguish when it's me versus when it's Brett Stevens. But you're probably wondering, Okay, we all know Biden could not run, will not run for reelection. But why why do this now? And his point is to say, because for one reason, if you let enough time go off the clock that no one else has the ability to emerge, then by default, it'll go to Kamala Harris. And Brett Stevens is arguing she's a weak candidate. So what is the president to do, he asks. He should announce much sooner than later that he will not run for a second term. And then he acknowledges that the argument against this is that it'll turn him into a lame duck president. And that's true. But newsflash, right now he's worse than a lame duck because potential Democratic successors are prevented from making calls finding their lanes, appealing for attention. And that goes especially for people in the administration who should be powerful contenders like Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Infrastructure Czar Mitch Landrieu. And what would that mean for the rest of the Biden presidency? Well, far from weakening him, it would instantly allow him to be statesmanlike. And it would be liberating. It would put an end to the endless media speculation. Well, I have to stop there and say there really isn't media speculation, because as Brett Stevens said earlier on, it's the sort of thing people talk about, but the media really doesn't write about. Okay, back to Brett Stevens. It would inject enthusiasm and interest into a listless Democratic Party. It would let him devote himself wholly to addressing the country's immediate problems without worrying about reelection. And it needn't diminish his presidency. George H.W. Bush accomplished more in four years than his successor accomplished in eight. Wow. Did he really say that about Bush in four versus Reagan in eight? Greatness is often easier to achieve when good policies aren't encumbered by clever politics. Biden should think on it and act soon. I think there's a lot of truth in this. I don't think Joe Biden runs for re-election. I don't think Joe Biden can run for re-election. I don't think anybody believes him 
or believed him when very early on, I want to say it was like the first press conference when he said that he would be running for re-election. The only argument for him not to acknowledge that now is the argument, and it's a significant argument, that he becomes a lame duck and nobody's going to take him seriously and he's going to lose the heft of the office. And Brett Stevens has tried to respond to that by saying he really wouldn't diminish his abilities. And frankly, I'll tell you the person, I'll tell you the person who should be most vehemently opposed to this idea. Somebody, anybody, Bueller, Kamala Harris. If I'm Kamala Harris, if I'm Vice President Kamala Harris, I, I don't like this column and I don't like this idea being out there because right now I'm in a, despite my own poll numbers, Despite the fact that things are not going well for me thus far, I'm in a good position. I am in the catbird's position. And the longer amount of time before Joe Biden acknowledges he's not running, the better it is for me, because right now, any competitor that I will have is frozen out. But if Biden were to do this today, then all of a sudden, all these other folks or people acting on their behalf will spring into action and try and line up donors. If I'm Kamala Harris, I I don't want them having that step. I want them to be caught off guard two years from now. Not right now. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.